Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, February 8th. In today's news, Congress will vote on a two-year budget deal to avert a shutdown at midnight. One of Trump's top aides resigns amid allegations of domestic violence. And Nancy Pelosi filibusters for DACA. But first, the big idea. Improving poll numbers are giving Republicans hope that the midterms might not be so bad. If it looked like a tsunami was headed for Republicans at the end of the year, now it's looking more like a normal wave. And some congressmen who looked like they'd get wiped out not long ago may be able to surf it. With little fanfare or public notice, a flurry of new public polls points to incremental improvements in Republican fortunes and challenges the narrative that's been gelling in most of the mainstream media's campaign coverage. President Trump's approval rating is rising, the generic ballot is tightening, and the tax law is becoming more popular. There's been a small but statistically significant rise in Trump's approval rating this month and a shrinking Democratic advantage in the head-to-head matchups. The numbers are moving closer to a point where Republicans could avoid losing the House. The Democratic lead among independents has weakened. Polls from Monmouth University, CNN, and Marist in January each showed Democrats and Republicans nearly tied among independent registered voters on the generic ballot. That is a flip from December when each of those same polls showed Democrats leading by double digits. Republicans say they're growing more confident, and they're seeing this in their own internal numbers as well. They say it's not an accident. They attribute it to Democrats overplaying their hand during the tax fight. As companies dole out bonuses, raise wages for workers, and families see the positive impact of the law, they think more people will keep coming around. A Quinnipiac University poll released Wednesday put Trump's approval rating at 40% among registered voters. That's still not great, of course, but it's up from 35% in December. For the first time in Trump's presidency, the poll shows that a majority approve of his economic stewardship. Also, for the first time, more voters say Trump is responsible for the current state of the economy than Barack Obama. And a striking 7 in 10 Americans rate the economy as excellent or good, which is up meaningfully over the past few months. More still disapprove than approve of the Republican tax plan in that poll, but approval has gone up from 26% in December to 39% in the new poll. The Q poll mirrors what a flurry of other reputable outlets have shown. Trump saw a small but significant increase in his approval rating during January. Gallup's latest weekly tracking poll, they're always in the field, it puts Trump's approval rating at 40%, his highest number since last May, up five points from mid-December. He's never been more popular among Republicans in their survey. Bottom line, we're still nine months out from the midterms. A lot can change. Continuing volatility in the polls is a safe bet. The president's party always loses a lot of House seats during his first midterm election, with the exception of after September 11th. No Republican argues that they won't lose seats in 2018. But the big question is whether they'll lose 24 seats and with it, the House majority. That's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Congress will vote today on a major two-year budget deal that would end the need for repeated short-term agreements. The deal would resolve months of partisan fighting by delivering massive increases to defense programs sought by GOP lawmakers, as well as big increases in domestic programs sought by Democrats. Trump backs the deal. 
The agreement would cause another huge addition to the federal deficit, and its passage would symbolize a major break from the fiscal conservatism that Republicans espoused during the Obama era. That's why conservative groups like the Koch Network, Heritage Action, and Club for Growth are all trying to mobilize against this. So is the House Freedom Caucus, which represents about three dozen of the most conservative members. But the bill is still expected to pass because it will get support from a fair number of Democrats and establishment Republicans. Number two, Trump's White House staff secretary, Rob Porter, one of the most powerful people in the West Wing, announced that he will resign following allegations of physical and emotional abuse from two of his ex-wives. Porter said he would resign late Tuesday after the allegations went public, but initially White House Chief of Staff John Kelly told him that he believed his denials and talked him out of it. Porter is Kelly's top enforcer in their shared mission to instill discipline and order in the administration. But after one of his ex-wives presented pictures of her black eye, Porter decided the controversy had become too much. The White House mobilized aggressively to defend Porter after the allegations first came out. White House Communications Director Hope Hicks, who sources say is dating Porter, was heavily involved in organizing the defense. Porter used to be the chief of staff for Orrin Hatch on Capitol Hill. Hatch put out an aggressive statement, as did several people in the White House. But Kelly is the one now in the hot seat. After several news outlets reported that Porter had been unable to get a security clearance because of these problems in his background, and Kelly had known about it, but kept him around anyway, the White House Chief of Staff issued a statement last night saying, quote, there is no place for domestic violence in our society. Kelly's original statement had dismissed the allegations and called Porter, quote, a man of true integrity and honor. Number three, House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi gave a rare filibuster-style speech for more than eight hours as part of a bid to compel Republicans to take up legislation to protect dreamers. We have a moral responsibility to act now to protect dreamers who are the pride of our nation and are American in every way but on paper. So I use this occasion as opposing this bill to speak further, further about social justice in America. This speech ranked as the longest given by a member of the House in at least a century, probably ever. Pelosi wants Paul Ryan to guarantee an open vote on immigration legislation. Her move got mixed reviews from Democrats. The reactions highlight the party's struggle to keep promises to a base that feels under attack from Trump, while also championing an economic message that can help Democrats win back Congress. While Pelosi spoke, former Vice President Joe Biden warned in a speech to the House Democratic Caucus that they're engaged in a false debate over the fight between defending cultural diversity and fighting for working class jobs. Meanwhile, more moderate Democratic senators seeking re-election in states Trump won urged Pelosi to support the budget agreement, despite her concerns that it doesn't do anything to protect the DACA recipients. The Senate is scheduled to have an open floor debate on immigration legislation next week. Ryan has not committed to giving the bill floor time in the House. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, February 8th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. 